Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Hey, yo, I got my sis, Jennifer Trotter, in the building. You look so beautiful. Thank you, sis. It's good to be here. Oh, my gosh. It's so great having you here. Like, I don't know if the people knew, like, we were doing a podcast together before podcasts even became, like, popping, popping. Period. Uh-huh. Period. Like, <laughs> We're just missing a few others, and then we'll have our uh, he said, she said chat together. Right, right. <laughs> but how have you been, though? Let the people know who you are, what you do, and what makes Jen poppin'. Because she's it, y'all, just in case y'all didn't know. <laughs> hey, y'all. So my name is Jen Trotter. I am a content contributor. I am a speaker. I am a conversationalist. And I am about all the things singleness so yes. I'm excited to be here <laughs> yo I call her the singles whisperer like when she talks and you're single like I need you to be taking notes because I promise you she's gonna change your life like everything that comes out of her mouth is just like ruby so make sure y'all are taking notes the entire podcast if you haven't shared this yet make sure you share it to all your social media stages and platforms make sure you take a screenshot of the audio or the video and post it in your story and tag us as well and so Jen we're gonna hop straight into it because you know the street's been talking <laughs> and I heard you got a new little boo or whatever oh so I mean the, the people want to know like what's tea <laughs> well, y'all, somebody can scoop me up. And Ooh. I am, I'm really enjoying it. Um, well, I don't know if, if you follow me, you know that not too long ago, my mom passed away. And during that, that time, y'all, he just popped back up. Like we um, knew each other before. We tried to date 12 years ago. It did not work. Um, we both were in two um, long-term relationships with different people, and we just kind of came back around to each other. We went out September 11th, and we have been inseparable ever since, and it's been amazing. It's been amazing. Oh, my goodness. Yo, Jen, I'm so happy for you. Like, Thank you. The glow is real. Like, you're literally <laughs> glowing. <laughs> Um, and, and you were talking about how like this really transpired right after your mom had passed away. Mm-hmm. And I know how grief can be very complicated. It's very difficult to process. 
And I feel like there could be people listening right now who are trying to figure out like how to navigate this dating space while also processing difficult emotions like grief. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing that we really have to remember is that grief is not something you get over. It's something mm-hmm. you walk through. And if you are blessed enough and if you if you invest in community, then you will have people that walk with you through that process. Um, I think it's important. I wouldn't say tell all of your business, but if you're going through like a very traumatic loss, like the loss of a parent, the loss of someone that is really dear to your heart. I do believe that you have to communicate that because every day is a different day. Right. And however, feel comfortable sharing however much you want to share. But sometimes you may want to shut down. Sometimes you may not want to go out. Sometimes um you may just need to vent and you need that. You need to communicate that to that person so that they can be, if they're open to it, um, to be that, uh, okay with you not being as consistent or okay with you having bad days. That's good. And if you don't, if you don't communicate that, then they'll just think, oh, you're being rational or you're not being consistent, or they may even think that you don't like them. But if you are consistently dating one person or however you're, you know, navigating through that space, I would just give people a heads up, like, Hey, I not asking them to be your therapist, but just telling them, like, hey, I just suffered a traumatic loss. You can share or not share, but let them know that that may impact your behavior while you're dating. And if you get a good person, I believe that while you're you are at your most vulnerable, you get to see whether that person is patient, whether that person is kind, yeah, whether that person is a good listener, and mm-hmm. whether you are able to lean on that person during mm-hmm. um your time of need. So while it is a, a difficult space, I believe that you get clarity when you experience um, so a traumatic good. loss. Mm-hmm. That's so good. So like being in that place of vulnerability for you um it allowed you to see whether that person was safe or not yeah yeah wow. wow yeah yeah and then in my times of like I said every day is not a good day and with mm-hmm. my boyfriend like I remember trying to fake tough or yeah. trying to be okay during the days that I really wasn't and he's like you don't you don't have to do that today like he redirects yeah. um my fake strength and he allows me to to be weak and say, hey, you, you don't have to do that today. Like, it's okay. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to put on a mask. That was your mother. So whatever we need to do in this moment to either help you cope or if I need to back off and give you some time, I'm willing to do that. So that's why I, I am. I stress communication, communication. And um, then you can kind of see if that person is for you. And that yes. person can see if that's something that they're willing to bear with you. Because it's still a choice. And it is a lot. It is a lot. But you know what, Jen? Like, I love the fact that you're talking about when you're in a relationship with somebody, like allowing that person to be vulnerable, to let their guards down and to not... Uh, personify that that myth of the strong black person, the strong yes. black strong black man. Because like at the end of the day, like there's no such thing as a strong person 100 percent of the time. Right. So to be able to have a spouse who can kind of call that out, like yo, you're you're not being real right now. I need you to kind of take that mask off and work through that. I think that's something special. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. So am I invited to the wedding or like who do I have to? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, okay. You my girl for real. Like, I, yes, yes, absolutely. Yay. Absolutely. 
Yes. All right, y'all. So I'm going to the wedding. Um, yeah, I'll keep y'all updated on what I choose to wear. I know Jen is going to look beautiful and the music is going to be popping. Like, this is going to be lit. Um, <laughs> Jen, I know you, so we're talking about like grieving and we kind of like jumping straight into this because you're saying so many great things, but we were talking about this process of grief um, and navigating the dating space. Prior to us starting the podcast, you talked to me about how like your therapist played a significant role in you being able to kind of like uh, work through that. Um, what, yeah, what would you say about that to the listeners? Let me tell y'all. And I know, so first of all, Dr. Shonda is like the mental health champ, but I'm not just saying this <laughs> because I'm on a podcast with her. Therapy will literally change your life and it will help cultivate your dating life. So with my process with my um, therapist, she challenges me in a real way. Like, because, so during that, um, the space of uh, the the passing of my mother, I was in a lot of transition space. I was talking to, I'm telling y'all all my business. This is really tea. I was talking <laughs> to somebody else that I thought was the one that mm -hmm. didn't work out started talking to this other guy. And in my therapy sessions, we started to just unmask some of the distrust issues that I had in relationships, period. And um, I'm saying that because she did not allow me to run in fear for what I thought may have happened, but to look at the reality of what was going on and allow myself to, um, know that I am worthy of good things without the other shoe dropping, like without waiting for something bad to happen, without, you know, waiting for it to turn sour, but to have an optimistic outlook at the dating oh process gosh. and to really challenge my norms, my um, beliefs on what dating is, my expectations and what I deserve and what I wanted to accept. So okay. let me tell y'all, you don't have to wait for a traumatic event to start therapy. It is really for Say it again. <laughs> you don't have to wait for a traumatic event to start therapy, but it's literally going to enhance your life in every area. And for me, I know for a fact the dating life, because I would have been, I, I was just at a very raw place. Bye, boy. Like, no, like, <laughs> I'm out of here. And she was able to. Just help me critically think about my life and my dating perspective. I love that, yo. I, I feel like when, when people see therapy taking place like in the media or on TV or what have you, they have this kind of one track mind of what it is. Um, like it's supposed to be somebody there just agreeing with you and just listening, just sitting back and just we just going to listen. But I, I love how you're dismantling that. Your therapist challenged you. Your therapist was somebody who disrupted some of the... Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ways that you think. And a lot of people do um, have a misunderstanding as to like what the therapeutic process entails. Jen, are you still with me? It looks like the screen is frozen. All right, y'all, we're going to wait for the camera to reload. But y'all, Jen is dropping so many nuggets. So she's basically saying that when an individual goes to therapy, um, whether it's for a traumatic loss or traumatic issues that may have happened in life, um, no matter what it is, when you go to therapy, your ther the, 
job of your therapist is to help you help yourself, basically. We're not there to um, give advice. We're not there to sit there and just sit back and listen passively and just allow you to just kind of talk about things and um, ramble, if you will. Our job is to be able to hold a safe space and to be able to conceptualize what it is you're talking about in the room and to eventually get to a place to where we can, after building rapport, of course, get to a place to where we can um, challenge some of your belief systems, challenge the way you think about life, challenge uh, some of these uh, relationships that you may have seen in your lifetime that may have caused uh, a skewed perspective or to uh, impacted the way you think and believe about uh, different the way you think and believe about different uh, things related to relationships. So, Jen, I love that you're 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 start, starting already, sis. Um, so, <laughs> am I back? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, perfect, perfect, girl. No, because you you starting already. Um, and so we we just gonna hop straight into it because, uh, especially you know discussing how grief and other complicated emotions can really impact the way we show up in these dating spaces. My first question to you is, um, what impacts one's overall, like impacts their ability to be confident and to show up in dating spaces confidently? Because I, you know, if I can be honest, I wasn't always confident in dating spaces. Um, so yeah, like what, what do you think impacts that? Me either. I think there are a number of things that impact impacts how we show up confidently. One, that feeling of um, rejection. So mm -hmm. our failed relationships in the past or the things that people have said to us, done to us, um, our traumatic experiences with relationships will affect the way that we show up in our dating relationships. Feeling like we are an option and not a mm. prize, right? Like that really affects how we show up in our dating space. And I believe that we have to, so many people are, um, they, they're acting like they're on an interview, which is okay. Mm -hmm. But we have mm -hmm. to remember that we are the interviewer. Like it is not just me waiting for you to choose me. Like you have to know your value. And I think because we have experienced so much, especially in our twenties and thirties, and I'm not saying that everyone has this extensive, you know, type of dating background, but yeah. even your childhood trauma can show up in your dating, your, you Absolutely. know, the, the, Friendship trauma can show up in your dating, right? Mm -hmm. And I think if you look at yourself as damaged goods and you look at yourself as an option and not as a prize, as someone who is worthy of love, someone who is worthy of having a healthy partner and a healthy relationship, then you will go into dating as the underdog and your rejection will show and your abandonment issues will show and, and, and all of the past traumas and hurts they will show but you literally have to make sure you show up as yourself worthy as you are ready to receive healthy love <sighs> y'all this is why i call her the singles whisperer like <laughs> that was the first question like y'all and she already been snatched your edges like we over here ball-headed because we listening to Jen talking about we've been rejected and that's why we can't show up in these dating spaces confidently. Uh, Jen, so many things you just said right there. Like, it was literally a mouthful. When we talk about these, because here's the thing. When people go into these dating spaces mm -hmm. and by people, I'm including myself in there too, 
and we're not showing up confidently, we don't always consider how things in childhood could have impacted that. We don't consider how things that we've we've experienced in our, our friend groups, things like um, rejection, being not being chosen, even things like colorism, like all these different things can impact how we show up in dating spaces. And I love what you said about not seeing yourself as damaged goods. How can we get to that space to where we can, you know, yeah, like you, you, you hitting it. <laughs> we really have to look at our experiences, the good and the bad, and look at it as um, content or as substance or as right. evidence receipts that we have survived certain mm-hmm. things. So even like when we talk about going after a job, when we talk about pursuing things that we love, we look at ourselves as overcomers. Why don't you look at yourself as an overcomer when you're dating? Right. Why does your last relationship have to define who you are? What if we just chalked it up to a poor experience and say that I learned or that I've grown from that experience? It's never a loss. So then you enter relationships with feeling like you're losing, like you are a loser because my last relationship was a quote unquote failure. It wasn't a failure. It's evidence that you can survive anything. It wasn't it, it it wasn't trash. It wasn't just a loss. It is evidence that I can learn from past experiences cuz the same person the person that I am now is not the same person that I was 6 months ago, a year ago in that last relationship. I took what happened in that and I learned from it. I flipped it and I became better, right? So with that, we have to go into the dating experience as an overcomer. It is not, well, tell me about your last Failed relationship. My last failed, my last relationship was not a failure, right? It was not because I learned from something. It just so happened that me and that person did not work out. We were not meant to be with each other. We 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 were not compatible, right? Mm-hmm. And I took what I learned from that and I flipped it. And this gin is a more enhanced gin. This is a gin that you get to experience in another level of wholeness, in another level of healing, right? <laughs> So it's not just, oh, I, I've had so many failed relationships and I'm hoping that this one worked out. No, 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 no. I have content. I have substance. I have evidence of what has happened from the past. And I'm using all of that as an overcomer to help me enhance in my dating experience now. So when can I book a session with you? Because that's <laughs> that's the real tea. Like, when, or like, are you taking client? No? Okay. Um <laughs> You, oh my gosh, my head is spinning right now. It's just so much information. I hope y'all are writing this down because you're going to need this later. Hey, what's up, y'all? I know you're enjoying the podcast and I'm going to let you get back to it, but I wanted to share very briefly about the dopest black mental health apparel that you will ever see. Do me a favor and go to www.mindsoftheculture.org. We have so many different sweatshirts, t-shirts, crew necks, all different types of apparel that is not only fashionable, but will start conversations. Minds of the Culture Apparel is where street fashion meets black mental health. Shop for Black History Month, use code podcast, and you will get an extra discount just for me. All right, enjoy the show. When we change our perspective about how relationships worked out, then we can see ourselves as being overcomers, being triumphant 
over the things that other people may have deemed as failures. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying, Jen? Yeah, yeah. And My taking God. all of the experience. So sometimes we say, oh, that person just didn't treat me right. Or they didn't do this and they didn't do that. And we enter this new dating experience or, or a relationship with other people the same way. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. It was two of y'all in that relationship. So we evaluate what could I have done better? Right. And what could that what what do I want in a partner for what I have experienced in the past? What happens is we don't learn the lessons. So we keep repeating the same test with different partners because we ain't got it yet. We don't have it yet. We don't have it yet. It's not just showing up confidently. It's not just I'm the best thing since sliced bread. That may be a little bit true, but it's to refine who you are so that you can be a better version for yourself and for your potential partners in the next experience or the last experience, right? Your forever partner, right? It's not just to say what they did and what happened and how they mistreated you. No, 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 no. What? On both ends, what could I have done better? Could I have been more patient? Mm-hmm. Could I have been more communicative? Could I have been more understanding, right? Could I have made more time? And when we put both of those pieces together and we do our own self-work, then we can yeah. we can show up confidently because we didn't just waste our time, right? We had an experience. It was all an experience. It was all an experience. Oh my goodness. I got to listen to this podcast myself. Because <laughs> I feel like you're reading me on my own podcast, but it's cool though, Jen. Like it's cool. Um, so so you kind of alluded to this in, in your response from my previous question. So when discussing things like imposter syndrome, I feel like that's something we often talk about and think about in spaces of uh, professionalism, whether it's like school or work or what have you. But we don't really talk about it when it comes to in being in these dating spaces and how we often can feel like imposters or not good enough. And I'm wondering, like, how can we kind of overcome imposter syndrome while dating? <laughs> One of the things is um, we have to find people that are safe for us. Mm. When you're in a safe space, it's easier for you to unmask your vulnerabilities. Right. You don't have to pretend to be something that you're not when one, you know who you are and you know who you you know what you offer. When I know who I am, I know what I do well. And I also know the opportunities in which I need to improve on. Right. That comes with the self-work. So when you have someone or when you're dating quality people that have Mm -hmm. the qualities that you desire, number one, you need to look for safety. So when you're not at your best self, you can say, this is something that I would like to work on, right? So we, we, when we talk about showing up confidently, it's not, again, I'm amazing and I do everything right. right. It's I'm amazing. I have these strengths and it's not weaknesses. I have these opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. And for people who are safe, you feel, you feel a little bit more empowered to share your opportunities. And it doesn't have to be that this is a deep relationship. These could literally just be friends. Your friendship should be safe. And with safe people, you can kind of unmask and say, you know, this is something, some of the things that I'm working on. And it doesn't have to be like, um, a, a spill out session it can come up in conversation when we're learning about each other when we're learning what we like and what we don't like first of all you have to get rid of um lying to yourself mm. 
Talk about like, that. You can't you can't show up um trying to defeat imposter syndrome when you wear a mask every day in your other spaces. Hey, you yo. have to show up authentically. Right? Because when you're authentic and you're confident, it's kind of like this is who I am. This is what I'm working on. Are you coming along for the journey? If not, I'm cool. I'm going to improve me anyway, right? So then I don't have to pretend. Like then I don't have yeah. to allow the voices, you know, that I talk that talks to me say that I'm not good enough. Well, I mean, I'm a Christian, so I know that there are some areas that I am weak. And the Bible says, you know, where I'm weak, he's strong. Like, I, I mean, I try to get su- super deep, but we go ahead honest with ourselves. We everyone has an area of opportunity, yeah. but that doesn't mean that I'm not good. That doesn't mean that I'm not worthy. That doesn't mean that I'm not a good partner. Mm-hmm. That just means I have to find someone safe that I'm willing to grow in front of and with. That's so good, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> so you mean to tell me when we go into these relationships with masks on, we can't overcome imposter syndrome like that. Like no. we have to. It's gonna fall off. At one, like <laughs> at some point, you're going to outrun yourself. At mm. some point, the mask has to come off. I mean, if it's if it's really if you're talking some deep stuff, you're having some some uncovering conversations, it's gonna fall off. Child. One way or another. Just like in the, now we're women, just like in the natural, if I'm really dealing with you at some point, you going to see me without my wig. I don't got a wig today, but just in general, <laughs> at some point, you're going to see me without my makeup. At some point you may see me in now I'm going to be looking to mess around you, but you may see me in my not going out clothes, right? That's the same way in our emotions when it's deep enough. But the reality is we're talking to people on a surface level. We want surface relationships and we want surface marriages. When you go deep, (laughs) that imposter syndrome has to go because I'm asking real questions that are going to, uh, that's going to uncover who we both are. Mm. Even in our friendships, I'm not just looking for cute pictures and us to go to dinner. I want to really talk and get to know you. And when we dive deep, it's going to come off. At some point, you're going to see me without my fake nails. Huh? That means you're going to see me when it's not a great day. That's when you're yeah. going to see me when I'm nervous. You're going to see me when I'm scared. You're going you're gonna to see me in those different spaces if I let you in enough and, and it gets mm-hmm. intimate. Right? And we start talking about some real stuff. You're going to see me. The safety just determines how much I let you see. Period. Period. And so when we're trying to get to these deep spaces, get into deep relationships, I have no other choice but to allow my mask to come off. Because either going, like you said, it's either going to come off naturally, or I take it off willingly, or if it's going to fall off. Yeah. I'd rather have more control over that. Like, I'd rather be the one controlling the, the narrative in that. Right. Me too. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> because then, then if it just falls off, then I'm going to feel embarrassed. Yes. I'm going to feel naked. I'm going to feel exposed, mm. right? But if I just usher you into those vulnerabilities of myself, then I could, it, it's like me taking it off slowly. There's different when you yeah. take your wig off slowly, then it just falling off in the grocery store. That's embarrassing. <laughs> but if I just oh unmask, 
a little bit. <laughs> Why the grocery store? I'm just saying. People don't want their wigs to fall off in the grocery store. Not right? the grocery store. It's not safe. It's not safe. So if, if I if I do it myself through our conversation, through, you yeah. know, working through the boundaries too. We got to have boundaries. Don't just, I'm not telling you to tell everybody your business. I'm not telling you to meet someone off a dating app and say, oh, they're safe. I could tell them all my business. No, that's not, that's not wise. But when we, when they get through, you know, mm-hmm. the first layer of questions and they get through, you know, they've been consistent. They seem like someone you want to keep around. Then we could start unmasking. We could start mm-hmm. showing who we really are. And we could just throw that imposter syndrome out the way because oh, the way. Shit, you're not going to embarrass me. Period. <laughs> nah, I'm in the same boat as you, though, um, Jen. I, for you, like, and if this is too personal, you can let me know. But I wonder, like, have you ever dealt with imposter syndrome when it com- came to relationships? Yes, until it got raw. Mm. So I, I am, you know, we do social media. I'm a speaker. And I know how to say the right things okay yeah. we churchy so i know i know how to rile the people up <laughs> and get them going and do all of the things but there is some at some point i had to stop being the gen uh the conversationalist mm-hmm. and i had to allow somebody to see me so that meant me um being triggered right and the other person saying like you're rattled like what's what's going on is there something else you need to tell me or whatever the case may be and then I had to make a decision was I going to fake the funk or feel like I'm not worthy of this so let me run and get out of here or Mm. was I going to allow them to see me for real Mm. so that was a fight or flight type of reaction Okay. At some point, you got to stop performing. And Mm. I feel like when we go from performing to being our authentic selves, then that defeats imposter syndrome. Mm. So performance is one of those things that really keeps us in that imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When we talk about uh, surface stuff or we start talking about things that they matter, but they really don't matter. Like, for example, you can talk about your accomplishments all day long. You know, mm-hmm. that that that's us as career people or dominating yeah. in our field. But be- beneath all of that, you may be really terrified of the even the idea of a relationship. And you mm-hmm. faking the fuck like, I'm ready. I'm ready to settle down. And gotta let- no, you're not. Until you get triggered and you realize, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Right. Something is happening. <laughs> I have a fear. I have distrust. I have some things that need to be healed or some things that need to be yeah. mended. And I think that I know for me, I used to be a runner. Mm-hmm. So if you press the right button, me and my imposter syndrome will go on somewhere else where I could be surfaced until I started having quality experiences. Then I had to deal with myself and mm-hmm. I had to talk about the things that made me afraid. I had to talk about the things that I didn't like. That meant sometimes I had to recall situations that happened to me to realize, well, why, why do I feel this way? Yeah. Right. I think one of the biggest things in in, um, imposter syndrome is dating is feeling like we don't deserve love. Like, Mm. or this is, you know, this, okay, they're here. So let me just take whatever I'm, you know, um, whatever I'm dealt, right? Yes. And we really don't know what it's like 
to really have for someone to have an equal desire for us like 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 we have for them if that makes yeah. sense and i think that that rawness that worthiness that's what makes us um have imposter syndrome yeah and it, it makes us more likely to settle yes if we don't feel like we we're worthy of that love um that that kind of feeds into my next question i'm so happy you brought that up so when talking about like settling and mm-hmm. you know in a world of like the Kevin Samuelites and mm-hmm. you know we got podcasters out here talking about like black women or Shaniquas and stuff like black women have been uh it, it's this notion that we need to just accept who likes us basically like it, just accept who we attract because we're not worthy of some of these things especially black women in a particular age group or if you got kids or what have you um it's just trash. It's a very trashy mm-hmm. notion. But I'm wondering for like the the women out there or even the men out there who kind of don't fit into that mold, like what are the dangers of kind of just accepting everybody who you attract? And how do we move away from that? One of the things that I think we forget when we settle is that our settling is a mirror of our self-esteem. You date on the level of your self-esteem. That part. So when you say, it's not just, oh, let me just make this work. This is you saying, oh, this is who I, this is what I'm worthy of, right? And sometimes I'm not talking about a look. I'm not even talking about a um, financial status. I'm talking about the way that they treat you. You're worth somebody being inconsistent. You're worth them, you calling and them not answering you. You're Mm -hmm. worth not going on dates. You're, you're worth not, because dating is not, I'm not just talking about an opulent experience. I'm talking about someone setting aside time to spend time with you, to get to know you. When you settle for just Netflix and chill, you settle for someone who is not intentional about you. Ooh. You think you're worth that? <laughs> Why are you stepping on their toes like that, Jen? <laughs> I'm just saying, because it's a real reflection of who we are. And yeah. what happens is the other person is winning. Because they got mm-hmm. someone valuable. You're the one that's on the losing end because you don't know that you're worthy. You don't know that you're valuable. So they know they have a good person. And all they have to do is give you scraps. Why mm-hmm. would you settle for scraps? Scraps take no effort. Child. Scraps take no intentionality. Scraps take no consistency. It's whatever. And then what this is the thing. When you don't know your worth, you live on you live in this toxic cycle of dealing mm. with people who do not give you what you're worth. Right? My goodness. <laughs> so you keep dating the same people in different bodies, the same spirit in different bodies because you have not un- uncovered what you're worth and what the same the same spirit. In different bodies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Break that down uh, a little bit more, Jen. Break that down. It's the, it's the same personality type or it's the same uh, toxic cycle. It's the same because mm-hmm. it's not, again, it's not just a look. It's not just, well, you know, maybe I keep getting this because I like light-skinned men or I like girls with big butts. No, 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 no. There is something on the inside that is attracted to your brokenness that you keep picking this same spirit. The same spirit that belittles you, the same spirit that talks down to you, the same spirit that mm. gaslights you, 
right? We talk about gaslighting in, in corporate spaces, in religious yes. spaces. We don't talk about gaslighting in relationships. We don't talk about manipulation in relationships because you don't know what you're worth. And as long as you don't know what you're worth, that people part. will keep discounting you. They will keep putting you on the clearance rack. They will keep putting you on a back burner because you have not decided that this is the standard. You don't give people nothing to live up to because you accept anything that comes down. That's what a standard is. It is a measurement. You need to come up here and you're saying, well, no, I'll settle for down here. So you're going to keep getting bottom feeders. You're going to keep getting what's left because you don't know how valuable you are. So you eat anything. Ooh. You be with everybody. And that's poisonous. And you're going to eventually get sick. So that's, that, that's, the, that's the danger in the settling part. It's not about them. Mm. It's about you. Wherever y'all are listening, I need you to write in the comments, I refuse to be on the clearance rack. I refuse to devalue my worth because other people might not see it like i i want y'all to write that right now because jen is hitting something i feel it in my spirit sis like i I really do i feel like there are people out there who who really needed this message um and you know people might assume that like you know like i like you said like we're we're content creators like speakers people might see us places and assume that we don't go through these things or we didn't have seasons where we experienced this and you know I can say for myself and I know Jen you talked about it too like we're talking about this because we lived it period yes (laughs) my ex-boyfriend told me something that literally changed my life Hmm. and um I'll say it's for both sexes he said but he did say this he said women really set the standard Hmm. and men are going to do whatever you allow them to do So if you say that the bar is here and this is enough, we'll do here. This will be enough. Mm -hmm. But if you set the bar a little bit higher, either they're going to rise to meet you because they want to be with you or they're going to release you to someone else who can meet that standard Mm -hmm. of what you're asking. That's why we got to set the bar. That's why we got to set the bar. I'm not because settling will have you wondering if they're going to consider you. For Valentine's Day. Mm. Right. And I'm not saying y'all know, y'all know, you know, I want you to be authentically yourself and confident whether you are Buddha or not. But if you are dating someone and you've decided to settle, their inconsistency will keep you uncertain. Mm. So you won't know if they have a plan. You'll spend, and I'm telling you this because I've lived it, baby. You Girl, will spend your days waiting, wondering if they're going to see your value, if they're going to show up, if they're going to send a token of, I don't want to say love because you'll know if they love you, but a token mm. of their like. If you're if you're if, if if they will even consider you to even make you their Valentine. That's the that's the issue with settling. Because it will leave you uncertain. Because they haven't given you nothing to measure by. They're up and down. They're inconsistent. They're flip-flop. Right? That's the thing. That's the thing. It will leave you disappointed. Because you know what you desire. Right? And you've decided to live beneath your desires. And the only thing below that is disappointment. 
Mm, the only thing below my desires is disappointment. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm settling and my desires aren't being met, I'm eventually going to be disappointed. Like, yeah, there's no way around that. Mm-hmm. And, you, and because you want to settle, you'll talk yourself out of it. You're saying, mm. oh, it's not that bad. Oh, well, maybe next time you lying to yourself. They showed you exactly who they are and you are disappointed. And that disappointment will turn into bitterness and that bitterness will turn into resentment. And then you'll start hating good people. You'll start being paranoid of good partners because you settled. That's the danger in it. It's a long, it has long lasting effects. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Jennifer Trotter. <laughs> this is this is the singles whisperer that I've been telling y'all about. Yo, this, oh my gosh. Um, so many directions we can go in, but I respect your time, sis. And I know we we wrapping up soon, but I want us to end on this question. Um, because you and I we're we're like, I'm proud about my age and I'm sure you are too. Like we're both in our thirties. Mm-hmm. And so society would tell us that our biological clocks are ticking. Time is winding up. We gotta, you know, settle down. We gotta have kids or what have you. What encouraging words would you give to that woman or that man who might be listening to this, who want to patiently wait on that godly relationship, that relationship that God has stored for them. Mm-hmm. So first of all, you know, I'm a woman of faith. So we just going to get real churchy. First of all, I know who holds the clock. Let me tell you. I, I serve the one who holds the clock. So when I realize that, I understand that I am not behind, that I can always mm-hmm. be on schedule because I serve the one who has the ability to pause time if he wants I- to. I serve the one who lives outside of time. So even my body, is it, it doesn't dictate what we are, what we're not going to do. Now I understand science, but I, under, I serve the one who created my body. I serve mm-hmm. the one who created the biological clock. He knows exactly how my body functions. He knows how old I am. He even, the Bible says he, he, he knows the number of hairs on my head, right? So if he know that, he's not surprised. Exactly. You know what's going on, right? So I think we have to rest in that. And mm-hmm. I know that sounds um, harsh or it sounds like cliche, but one mm-hmm. of the things that I always say is I always use Janet Jackson as just a pillar of faith. And she yeah. never said that she was a woman of faith, but Janet Jackson paused her tour at 50 years old to have a baby. She said, I know mm-hmm. y'all bought y'all tickets, but hold on. Wait a minute. Be right back. I'm going to have a baby. Janet Jackson had a baby at 50 years old. We got to have that time. If that lady could say, now I know she got Janet Jackson money, so I'm not I'm not <laughs> trying to you know, belittle that at all. But if she, if she had enough faith to say, it's going to happen for me, that I'm going to get something that I want, I need us to have that same faith. Now, coupled yes. with that, also in the in the waiting process as we um look at our biological clock or we look at time don't just watch the clock without learning your patterns right so look at what you've been doing what you can do better and how you can enhance your dating experience Mm -hmm. it ain't no reason of you watching the clock and you talking about oh lord i want to get married i want to go to and you don't go nowhere you don't do anything you don't talk to people you have your your social skills are awful trash horrible like 
<laughs> you don't even know how to say hello. We got to work on those things. There are some practical things in dating. Everything is not, you know, we're, you know, I'm a super deep person sometimes, but it's not just Lord, let love just fall off the sky. Maybe you need to go to a social event. Maybe you need to be social on social media, right? Maybe you should not be mean at work. And I'm not saying that you're going to date a coworker, but you may not want to be mean, you know, you're nine to five going to the grocery store. You just never know when it's going to happen. And I believe that we need to get some flavor in our dating lives. We need to also, while we're looking at the clock, while we're waiting for God to do what he promised, while we're waiting for love and all that good stuff, we need to ask our community how we're showing up in the dating mm. space. Platonic friendships, right? There may be some that things part. that you mm -hmm, there may be some things that you're doing that is awful, that is off-putting to the other. Um, to the opposite sex. And you need to know those things. You need someone that's going to be truthful and honest mm -hmm. with you because we keep saying, I'm waiting on the Lord and we're waiting for your breath to be better. We're waiting for you to do your hair. We're waiting for you not to have lip balls in your clothing. We're waiting for you to have to be able to hold and engage in a decent conversation. So you can wait on the Lord. Please be of good courage. But while you are yet waiting, I need you to do some practical things to enhance your dating experience. Period, yo. Listen, <laughs> you done read the people and encouraged them at the same time, uh, which is why I love you. <laughs> Jen, can you tell the people where they can find you? Sure. You can follow me on Facebook at Jennifer Trotter. Um, I have a picture of me and my mom on there. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Lady Inspiration. Um, I try to post a lot of singles tips, a lot of encouragement. And yeah, just ride with me. I think we're going to have a good time. Hey, I love it. I love it. Listen, Jen, you are a gem, not just to the body of Christ, but just to people in general who are trying to navigate these single spaces. Um, because... I, I wanted to hold a space and a conversation where people can talk about or listen to an individual talk about confidently showing up in that dating space. I couldn't think of any other person to really like directly talk to the people the way you do. So I really appreciate you for your time and for your knowledge, your anointing, all of that stuff. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's always a good time with my sis, Dr. Shonda. So <laughs> I'm so glad that you had me. It was such a pleasure chatting with you today. Yes. Thank you for coming, girl. I love you so much. And you are in my prayers, um, you and your family. And I love you. We're going to stay connected. We still got to get up. Like, we both right. in the DMV. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. It's been real. Make sure you check us out next Wednesday when we have another episode of the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast. And don't forget, you have the power to create the emotions that you want to experience. Bye, y'all. <laughs>